Molly, the Rangers have lost four in a row. You want to take fans off the edge right now? I don't think it's possible. Uh, I think that fans, no matter what, are going to be panicking and freaking out, especially even though we're only like a couple weeks into the season. But I think everybody should just take a deep breath and, you know, see where we go from here. But I don't think there's really anything too pressing to to be really freaking out about just yet. Come back in a week. Right now, I, Two out of the four losses weren't that bad. Deep breaths, Ranger fans. Ooh, Fraba. You'll get through this. It'll be a Rangers therapy session with Molly Walker and, of course, our Hall of Fame hockey writer, Larry Brooks. It's all coming up next on Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. No guest today, but of course, Larry Brooks, our Hockey Hall of Fame writer from the Post, will join us in just a few minutes. It's Jake Brown here, the pod father, along with the queen of the New York Post, Rangers beat writer, Molly Walker. Don't jump off a ledge yet, Rangers fans. We are only eight games into the season, Molly. And the Rangers are on a four-game losing streak. And some old friends beat them in the past week. I said on last week's show that Coach Quinn would go to Marquee if he beats the Rangers. Well, he did beat the Rangers. It went to overtime. The Rangers got their point. But Quinn got a win. And then old friend, not a friend of our old co-host, and Alexander Georgiev beats the Rangers in a shootout. He salutes Igor, and the Rangers lose to the defending champion Avalanche. What was a great game. My first game of the year. I had a blast, but you know that meant something to him, Molly. Boy, did it mean something to him. I mean, it was palpable from the ice. You could just feel how badly he wanted that game, and he rose to the occasion. He really did. I mean, it was all around. It was a really, really great game. You can't say that the Rangers did not go toe to toe with the defending champions because they did took it all the way to a shootout. But I mean, I could have told you before that game even started that there was nothing getting in Alexander Georgiev's way of a win over his former team. It just felt like there was a lot of pride on the line for him. And I think that no matter what, he was going to come in there and he was going to make it really difficult on the Rangers. And, and we saw that just like he said, <laughs> very, very emphatic celebration after that shootout win, the salute. And then we all saw that afterward, I think the NHL posted a video of his celebration saying, Oh, do you think Georgiev was pumped to beat his former team and Georgiev himself commented and said yes <laughs> and then i think he even went and and posted on instagram about how he was going to enjoy that win today it just it meant a lot to him it was it was a tough situation for him in new york he always thought he was a number one 
but he plays behind Henrik Lundqvist, Igor Shostakovich. There really was no path for him to a starting role, and that's fine. That's nobody's fault. But you got to give kudos to Georgiev. He's always believed in himself, always known the kind of goalie that he can be. And to quote Larry Brooks, talk about falling up uh, to now playing with the defending Stanley Cup champion. So as a writer, it's really all you can ask for. That was a great storyline kind of game. And uh, it was very enjoyable for everybody in attendance, I'm sure. He's replying to tweets. He's posting to his Instagram. <laughs> you, once he starts replying to random tweets that mention him, you know it. he means business. Uh, that's just that's the sign of the times when they start replying on social media, Molly. And, you know, it's early in the season, but some injuries are piling up. Halak has not been very good. He's 0-3 as the goalie for the Rangers as their backup. What do you think here? Is it is it time to panic or is this just a little rough patch and the Rangers will just get through it? It's a rough patch. Um, I think Jacob Truba said that after the game last night, you know, just a little bit of adversity. They didn't really have to face much adversity last season when you really think about it between the luck that they had with injuries, the general success that they had from start to finish, even if in the beginning it was all because of Igor Shosturkin primarily. I think that this is probably the first real rough patch the team has had since the end of the 2020-21 season. Um, and obviously we would, we know what happened at the end of that. They cleaned house. Um, so I think it's it's been a bit since they've had to face a bit of adversity. And I think it'll be a big test for the team in general um, to their mentality, which has been a strong part of the team, especially during the playoffs. The resilient Rangers, you know, they're always coming back when they're down. But I think that this... This is a tough start to the season for them. It started really strong and then has kind of veered off a little bit. But when you look at the four losses, two of them were were pretty good, even though the score against the Islanders was a shutout. They're still getting a lot of chances. I mean, I think it was 87 shots over the last two games. You can't really complain about that. I mean, they're getting the opportunities. They're creating things, making things happen all they're not doing is scoring. And sometimes that's a testament to a bit of puck luck and they haven't really had much lately, but the key now is keeping the mentality sane, keeping everybody on course, not making any rash decisions, any rash personnel changes or lineup changes and just kind of staying the course and, and working through it. And and that's what Jacob Truba and Mika Zibanejad were saying last night, having trust in each other too, that they can just break through this year. But I, I, I'm not really worried, and I uh, don't think anybody else listening to this podcast should. It's so early in the season. It's so, so early. You know, every team has their kinks that they need to work out. Last season, it was they were leaving Igor out to dry every night, giving up crazy amounts of shots. And right now, it's just kind of the offense isn't clicking a little bit, and the puck's not going to the back of the net. But I think it'll be okay. So everybody take a deep, deep breath. <laughs> yeah, and listen, they're only a point out of, of the top spot of the Metro. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're far behind early in the year. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of mediocre play across the league thus far in the Eastern Conference. So they'll be just fine, Molly. And, uh, you know, who's also fine, the guy you interned for, our good friend Stan Fischler. How about him getting his little press box tribute on Wednesday night at UBS Arena. Yeah, really well done by the Islanders, just all around everything from 
the spread that they put out for him during a little cocktail hour before the ceremony to the uh, the tribute that they gave him in the actual press box, framed photos of him from all along his career, all different stages. Just a really, really nice setup. Um, there couldn't be anybody more deserving than Stan Fischler, one of my favorite people in this world. Um, and it was great to do it for a Rangers Islanders game. I feel like it was uh, it was very appropriate for Stan Fischler. But I do want to go back to um, you were talking about the injuries. That's something I feel like we need to address. We've got Vitaly Krasov hurt for the second time this season. He went down three shifts into the season opener after a bit of a nudge from from Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman. He said that he that his head went into the boards um, on that play, so that must have been what it was. And and I think after this past two games ago, he was favoring his, his shoulder or his arm. Um, so naturally, the Rangers are calling it an upper body injury. But tough break for him. Obviously, he just can't get going here. But that's someone I definitely want to talk about with Larry Brooks later on. And then Philip Hedl, it's also hurt. Possible concussion there. Um, he's going to be out through at least this upcoming road trip. Um, Rangers recalled Julian Gauthier. Uh, I saw a couple people were asking, you know, why not Will Cooley? Why Julian Gauthier? Um, both Will and Julian have been doing really, really well in AHL Hartford. But I think Julian Gauthier is just the more seasoned one of the two, obviously, Cooley hasn't make, made his NHL debut yet. So I think it was it was an easy choice for the Rangers to go with Julian Gauthier. And he comes right in. And first thing he does is that amazing move to the net that he has. Strong move, but just can't finish it off. So maybe he'll get to do that in the next couple of games here uh, with Philip Hedl out. Um, and then, of course, Dryden Hunt was claimed on waivers by the Avalanche. And, you know, that was a that was a necessary move for the Rangers. Got to clear some cap space, got to start accruing more cap space. It would be ideal if the Rangers could just carry 22 until the trade deadline. But with their depth situation and, you know, the injuries that are kind of piling up here, they don't really have a choice. Um, let's say they didn't call up Julian Gauthier. I mean, they could, they were going to go into the road trip having to play 11 and 7. Um, and that's probably not what the Rangers want to be doing at this moment in time. So it's all right. Everybody's going to come back at some point or another. Hopefully Vitaly Kravtsov will be able to get going here because that'll be important for the Rangers. The Avalanche doing their best Oprah Winfrey impression. You get a Ranger. You get a Ranger. You get a car. <laughs> you get a car. Well, you mentioned Larry Brooks. Let's bring in our Hockey Hall of Fame writer, Larry Brooks, right now. Follow him on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy. Brooksy, the only person with a better pulse of the Rangers than Molly, I would say, is you. Sorry, Molly. No offense. <laughs> None uh, taken. In four-game losing streak here, just give us your overall pulse of the New York Rangers right now. When the Rangers struggle on the power play, they're going to struggle to score. And when they struggle to score, they're going to struggle to win. You know, they, there's, there's a lot on their top players. Uh, you know, there's a – the top players have a burden on, on this team. We know that. And – over the last four games or so, maybe even a little bit longer than that, but certainly four games or so, they're 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 just not producing, and uh, you know they're not going to win too many games where they score you know one or two goals. They're just they're just not. They're they're built to score some power play goals, and when they don't, this is what you see. And listen, you know sometimes you you talk about narratives going into the season, and then you sort of set them aside when you go into the day-to-day -day and you're focusing on the immediate 
but it was always clear that the kids were going to have to score. Right now, Lafreniere has one goal. Kako has two. Kako's playing well. Fetal is injured. So they're not, they're not getting a lot of production from their kids, and they're not getting a lot of production from their top guys either. Panarin is the only top six player to score the last four games. So I don't think you have to look much deeper than that. Uh, they went east-west too much against San Jose. It was a really bad game against Columbus. Um, I talked to Panarin after the Islander game. You know, he just said, you know, it's the Sharks, and, and he actually called them CBJ. Um, <laughs> he was actually there, so I guess he's uh, <laughs> I guess He's he allowed. <laughs> um, you know, he said against the uh, Sharks and CBJ, terrible. Uh <laughs> But, you know, they, they did, as as both Zibanejad and, and Panarin sort of pointed out, um, they had 44 shots on Tuesday night. They had 41 um, on the island. Um, I don't think they're playing necessarily a crisp offensive game at this point, but they are getting chances. They don't have very many options, you know, you know especially with Heedle out. You know, what can you do? You can maybe flip Panarin and Kreider, maybe. But, you know, you're not moving guys all over the place. There's, there's just not enough top-end depth. So, you know, they're married to their top six. This is what it is right now. And they just need to, you know, they need to score a goal. That's that's what they need, I, I think. I think they're I think they're playing the defensive zone has been reasonably good. You know, I don't think there are breakdowns all over the ice. They're, they're just not scoring. So that's where we are uh, eight games into the season. I thought head coach Gerard Gallant had a had a pretty good quote after the Islander game. He said something to the effect of an ugly goal would be pretty nice, you know, and I think that is probably what the Rangers need to kind of open the floodgates again, because, I mean, we've talked about it so many times, such a high skilled top of the lineup they sometimes like to make it look pretty more often than not, but a greasy, ugly goal would probably be something to snap them back into it. But I guess if we're keeping with the negatives here, what would you say is the most concerning part of this stretch? They're they're not playing, you know, I don't think there's a lot of flow to their power play. I think, you know, a lot of it gets back to their power play. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's not a lot of flow to it. I think it's, it's, I think over the last game or so, it's become a little bit predictable. That may be an area where they can shake things up a little bit. You know, I, I think that, you know, maybe today to, today they're off. Friday they'll be back in practice. So um, maybe they'll work, you know, maybe they'll talk about changing a few things up there. Uh, again, th- this is their strength. You know, you, you play to the, you know, the team plays to its strengths and, and they need to score in the power play. Um, maybe, maybe you can flip. Panarin and Zibanejad for a while and then have Artemi in the, in the left circle where he was actually his first season. A lot of his first season in New York, he played that spot. And, you know, they, they basically have two players who are, you know, who are lethal with their one-timers on, on the offside there. So maybe they can switch that up. But, but you know, again, talking to Zibanejad and Panarin last night after the game, uh, they both insisted, you know, they, they didn't need to change things. They just needed to do things a little bit better. And so, you know, listen, they need a lot more from Chris Kreider. We know that, you know, they need a lot more from Chris at five on five. They need more from Chris on, on the power play, even though his his chances you know, are through the roof. Um, you know, no matter what analytics you look at, his high danger chances mm-hmm. are at the top of the league. And, and they're, they're, you know, I, I was checking actually uh, natural stat trick, and this was before yesterday's game. 
you know, they, they, they look like a, a typographical error. He has so many, you know, high danger chances per 60 minutes. So, you know, he, and he talked about at the start of the season how he plays money ball and a certain percentage of the time, if he's doing the right thing, the puck's going to go in. Well, you know, so far that hasn't paid off. Um, you know, the percentages have not paid off. Maybe they switch. But I, I think Chris needs to needs to pick up his game. Chris Chris needs to skate. Um, he needs to be a little bit more visible five on five. That That's for sure. So they need more from Kreider. You know, the other night, uh, Zabajad played over 25 minutes. It was the fifth most ice time of his career. And so, you know, Gallant is, is you know, is, is, is going with his horses because that's really, that's, that's, that's what they're built on. The, the other thing, too, and I, I don't know if it's really fixable within their roster at this point, but their fourth line is giving them nothing. They're not particularly generating momentum. There's, they're certain they haven't scored a goal. They're not really there to score a lot. We understand that. But they're there to, to be momentum changers or, or you know, to, to be entered, to be an energy line. And it's it's just been a very, very ineffective fourth line. That, that being said, you know, when you have a team of stars, you don't blame the fourth line mm-hmm. when you slump. It's just they're not getting any added value from their fourth line. And, you know, if, if you're looking at things that need to be improved upon their fourth line needs to improve they do they just you know they need to find a way or they need to find a way to change some of that personnel down there switching over to some of the injuries that have piled up here you mentioned Heedle is out with a suspected concussion and vitaly kravtsov is injured again he was favoring his arm after a play uh, against the avalanche but i think he did skate in one more shift before sitting out the last five-ish minutes and all of overtime is it just a tough break for the kid or is this cause for concern over his durability yet he's such an unknown at this point in every facet i, I know he came to work over the summer i i think he's working in practices i think the, the rangers are satisfied with what he's putting into it but you have no idea what you're going to get from Kravtsov when when he comes on the ice. He hasn't he he hasn't made the slightest impact. <laughs> he just hasn't. He didn't make an impact in training camp. He didn't make an impact in in the, you know the few exhibition games he played. He hasn't made an. He's only been on the ice for for 23 minutes. I I don't know. I, you know I don't know. And again, the Rangers need him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not that he can become a long-term project because he has to stay on the team. So, you know, it's not like you can send him down to Hartford for a, for a month and, and you know, ask him to get his game together. He just hasn't played very much, not only here. He didn't play very much last year. How is he going to acclimate himself to the North American rink if he's never on the ice? How do you do that in, in these high-pressure moments? And, and, and listen, you know, it, it's October, but... You're playing in an NHL game. It's high pressure everywhere. You know, everywhere, everywhere you turn, there's a high pressure moment. There, you know, these are all leverage, you know, moments when he's playing. So I'm not. You know, it's it's a conundrum. It, it honestly is. They they need to give him ice time. How can they afford to give him ice time? Mm-hmm. Can't stay it healthy. I I I don't know. Uh, honestly, I I don't know. I'm sure the you know I, I remember when I when I was working for the Devils and uh, Max McNabb was was the the, the uh, general manager there and Max is one of the, the you know one of the grand people in the history of the game he should be in the Hall of Fame as a builder 
Um, but, you know, years and years and years of experience. And, and we were just, you know, he would tell me these stories from when he was at training camp with the Red Wings in the 50s. And, mm-hmm. and there'd be, you know, 120 players on the ice. And, and you know, I, I mean, so, so, but, but Max is, you know, what Max would say is, look, you've got 20 guys on a team. At that point, there were 20. You've got 20 guys on a team. You should ideally be devoting 5% of your time to each of them. He said, you know, some guys don't need any attention. So, you know, they're, they may maybe need one or two percent of your attention. So you can move that other two or three percent, you know, filter that through the lineup. He said, but when you get a guy who needs constant attention, you know, it, you know, it, it, be, it, it, you know, it becomes a real burden for everybody. And right now, I would imagine that there is a lot more, uh, a lot more than five percent of the conversation in the front office being devoted to Vitaly Kravtsov. It's like, what, what do we do? And I'm not sure the Rangers have very many options. You know, they're not going to put him on waivers. So they, they have to work with him to find the best way to, you know, to, to get production out of him. And I'm not sure that production even means goals at this point. It means being a positive player on the ice. It means being able to take a, a regular shift. Is this just bad luck? Maybe it is, you know, maybe, maybe. maybe it's just bad luck. Um, but there's, you know, the canvas is just blank <laughs> with him at this point. And again, you know, this is not something the Rangers, you know, the Rangers can't really afford to to have the tally crafts off become a long-term project because he just won't be around for the long term. It's not going to be possible. The other day I was on the Blue Shirt Breakaway podcast and they were asking me about Braden Schneider, who is a player that just hasn't really been talked about a lot to start this season. So, and it, it got me thinking because when they asked me about it, I was like, you know, you're right. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on why you think that is. And I guess just your general thoughts on him so far this season. I think he's been a little inconsistent. I, I think his, you know, his. I thought he had a, a terrific opener. Thought he played, you know, reasonably well on on the road trip. Although the uh, Minnesota and, and Winnipeg, although the Minnesota game got away from them a little bit in the third period, but I, I think he's. I, th- I think that he was such a solid player last year when he came up and was solid in the playoffs. That tend to overlook the fact that he's twenty one years old. And had, you know, 40 games of NHL experience and not every young player, um, every young defenseman the Rangers bring in is Adam Fox. You know, even though we like to say, oh, you know, oh, Keandre Miller's better. Oh, he's going to be better than Adam Fox. And oh, he's he's ready. And you know, I think we forget just how good Adam Fox is. So I, I think he's I think he's been erratic. I think, you know, it would be ideal for him to be, to have a veteran presence on his left side. That's not what he has. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's playing with either, um, you know, Zach Jones or, or Libor Hayek, who are also uh, attempting to establish themselves as NHL defensemen. So they've got their third pair is two players who are attempting to establish themselves. Um, I don't think they've necessarily been the, the root of, of any Ranger problems here over, over the, you know, the first few weeks of the season. I don't think that they're getting pinned in their own zone for shifts and shifts at a time. I, I think there are there are misreads on rushes. Um, I think there are some misreads on jumping in. I think I think um, I think Schneider's decision making with the puck could be a little bit better. But he's 21 and he's on the third pair, 
and and you know again like uh, I, you know the third pair gets a lot more ice time than the fourth line actually maybe they don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> uses them but you know they're 12 13 minutes the third pair is not costing the rangers no any games uh, but you know listen I, it's a, you know it's it's up and down you take a step forward you take two steps back you take one step back, you take two forward when, you, when you're a 21-year-old defenseman in the NHL. Again, un, unless you're Adam Fox, you know, um, or, you know, Cal McCarr. Probably slow and steady with Schneider. I, again, uh, you know, he's um, he has all the tools. He's a hard worker. Um, he's going to be fine. That's he's, the word that I used. I, I was like, he's been fine. That's yeah, why it's like, you know, that's why. I think, he, no I, think gets, I think he gets lost sometimes in plays. I do. I, you know, I, I think he gets lost a little bit. Um, I think the game is, is, you know, really fast. It's, it's obviously not as fast as the playoffs, but this first month has been pretty fast. Mm-hmm. It, it has. And, and, you know, and, and you know, now that I think of it, I, I, you know, hadn't really thought of it, but the Colorado game was, was, you know, was, yeah, that you know, was something on steroids mm-hmm. and, and, and even last night's game you know the way the islanders want to you know supposedly grind it out grind it out it was a fast game last night anaheim plays fast i mean you know minnesota plays fast so the teams the rangers have played have, have played fast against them um the rangers want to be a fast team so everything's happening and i think you know it you know it may take some time for Braden schneider to process it all and slow it down a little bit but again He's 21 years old. They're asking an awful lot of him um, to play in the league at 21. It's a very, still a very young defense. I, I think there's room for improvement there. There's room for growth, but um, I don't, I don't think he's a, a particular problem at this point. And more of a league question. I know you were talking to Jacob Truba, who's the Rangers NHLPA rep. Um, just an update on that front. I know that they're in the midst of trying to change, make a change at the helm. Just What's your pulse on that situation? It's ongoing. Um, I, I was talking to Truba's on uh, one of the eight players on their search committee. And I was generally asking him, it was a general conversation. I was, I was, you know, asking him how much input the players could have during the season. Playing hockey is their job. You know, being union members is, is kind of part of it. And when you're searching for an executive director, which is, you know, a critical position. You're, you're going to be coming up on collective bargaining in a few years again. So I, I was just curious with him how how the players could could have input during the season. And and he told me that he said obviously it's harder than in the off season. But what he was telling me is that when you know there are a number of candidates for this job for the, for the uh, to become executive director of the NHLPA. And and Truba said that when one of them comes into New York, he makes, you know, he um, will get together with him for lunch. And so players around the league are doing that. You know, obviously they can't um, have a committee of eight sit down at, at one time, but he said that players around the league are are getting a feel for the candidates. And he said, he said they're not gonna rush it. He said, it's gonna take some time. He said, there's a lot of debate about um, whether they want a um, a leader who is steeped in sort of traditional union background or whether they want someone who has a more business background um, because generating revenue of course is is um, you know is integral to, to the to the cap it's integral to how much 
players make. It's it's a bizarre situation when the employees have to come up with ways to generate revenue, but that's the way it is in the NHL. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's coming along. I, I don't. I, it doesn't sound like there's there's um, anything imminent or, or on the horizon. So, you know, that was basically the the, the conversation. Hey, Larry, you mentioned the Rangers Islanders game last night, and it just brought something to my attention that they're only playing the Islanders this year three times, once at UBS and twice at MSG. And looking into the schedule more, it's the same thing with the Rangers and the Bruins, where, again, they're only playing each other three times this year. I mean, why do you think the NHL kind of moved towards pushing off these major divisional matchups in favor of, you know, getting more division or, you know, outer divisional teams in? And um, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's ridiculous. I, I have no idea. But at the same, you know, at the same time, it seems to be uh, baseball is moving to that too. Baseball is moving to a to a universal schedule next year, right? Um, I hate it. I mean, I think you know the NHL is built on rivalries, and and I, and I and I alluded to this last week when in in, in slap shots, and I was actually going to talk about this this week too about the schedule the game the, the skill level of this game is, is you know has never been better you know the players have never been better um it's an entertaining game most nights but most nights you don't have the intensity that you saw 20 30 years ago you just don't and one of the reasons is because there's much less physicality another reason is because there the rivalries have been taken out of the game and i have no you know i don't know why the nhl thought this was the way to go it's unfair. It's unfair to fans who have to, you know, pay like, I, you know, people who have season tickets at UBS, they, you know, this is it. They've seen the Rangers. That's it. The rest of the season, no more Rangers. Um, and it's not, you know, only obviously Rangers, Islanders. It's not this division. I, I think, I think Calgary and Edmonton maybe are only playing three times this year. And there, there are rivalries all across the league and the NHL, I remember when the schedule came out in June, they said, or July, they said, well, no, this is just kind of like this year, it's the rotation, but it's going to be this kind of rotation every few years. And so maybe next year, the Rangers and Devils only play three times. What I actually think is if this is the way it's going to be, then, then you really don't have to have the Rangers and Islanders in the same division. What's the difference? Better to have them in different divisions so they can meet later in the playoffs. <laughs> That's the way I look at it now. I, I think um, I get Every player wants to go to California for a week, just like Molly wants to go. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Every player wants to go to Florida. But you know what? Sorry, if you're not in that team, maybe don't get to Cal- go to California for one season. You know, I, I you know, I, it, it's funny because coming out of the 0405 canceled season, the league doubled down on rivalries. And in fact, for a couple of years, there were eight games within the division. So, you know, now to have three Ranger Islander games is, is criminal. Yeah, is okay. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Rangers Isles, uh, Larry, you won't get to see again this season the Stan Fischler press level. What are your thoughts on Stan from all these years? It's a character. I'll tell you that. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a trailblazer. Um, multimedia star, multimedia legend. He, 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 I, I, what I admire about him most is that he, he, you know, he's gone through his career um, just collecting friends, hmm. um, not uh, you know, not enemies as some of us. 
<laughs> but you know that I mean you know Stan is such a, a you know is such a is is one of the greatest advertisements the NHL has for hockey. And you know it, 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 he just always is promoting the game. You can tell every day his love for the game, his love for the players. He loves interacting with players. He loves he loves being around the rink. He he brings good cheer everywhere he goes. So um, you know he he is one of a kind. That's that's for sure. He called Larry a titan last night in his speech. <laughs> but you know, I, I I appreciate Stan. Um, I have a tremendous amount of appreciation for him for the passion. We're talking about passion. The, you know the passion he has for hockey, for the passion he has for his life at the age of ninety one is 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 rather remarkable to me. And and uh, he is unique. There there won't be another Stan Fischler. And and the Islanders uh, not only dedicating their their press level to him, but the uh, the the amount of care and detail that went into the ceremony and the display of that press box is remarkable. Honestly, it's, it, it, you know, they, they uh, treated Stan as, as if he were Brian Trache, you know, they, you know, as, as one of the all time legends of, of the franchise. And it's unfortunate that it's, you know, it's in the press level, but you know, if, if the Islanders could find a way to bring tours up so they could take a look at the Stan Fischler display on, on, you know, on that level, it would, it would be a, um, an educational experience for everyone up there. Um, just just a, a grand gesture for the Islanders for someone who deserved it. Well, maybe one day we will have the Larry Brooks press level at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> 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 you never know. I never rule anything out. Larry Brooks, follow him on Twitter, NYP underscore Brooks. He reads stories in the post at nypost.com. Larry, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you next week. See you guys. All right, we'll close this episode of Up in the Blue Seats next. Deep breaths, Rangers fans. Alrighty, Molly, that wraps up episode 99. We've hit it. I know this guy. The Wayne Gretzky edition of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. You can catch up on all episodes of Up in the Blue Seats. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to that New York Post Sports YouTube. Catch these full episodes and follow Molly at Molly Walker, two E's, two R's, and me at Jake Brown Radio. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for producing the show. So Molly, Sunday, Halloween night for you. You get back from Arizona, you'll celebrate it on Halloween itself. We we need to update. What's the costume? I know you got something. Girls are crazy. Like they pick up like seven different costumes and wear a different one every night. I hate to disappoint, but because I will be away, I haven't really planned anything. I haven't been able to plan any Halloween costumes since I started this job. So <laughs> I uh, have kind of been on the outs on that one. Sorry to disappoint. Andrew Hartz, do you have a costume picked out? Do you Are you going to be a, a resident drummer? What are you going to be? I do have a costume. I'm actually going to be the notorious slacker Ferris Bueller. Can't go nice. It's a time old classic. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Really taking heart to my younger days when I would pretty much pull the Ferris Bueller every other day from school. So yeah, I'm proud of it. <laughs> every other day. Wow. You are a bad student. Did you invest in a costume or did you dig something up out of your closet? I did. I did. I actually got the coat. I got the cheetah vest and everything wow. else I, I do own. That's so commitment. They, it, it's, it's commitment to the bit. And uh, you know, it's an 80s theme. So I figure that's that's the, the best way to go. What are you going to be, Jake? 
Uh, I'll be a Cheetos hoodie. That's what I'll be. I'll just, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't invest. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I guess I don't keep Party City in business, which I learned recently. Still going. Unlike like Radio Shack, they are still in business and going strong. Uh, I'll go in my closet. It's Spirit Halloween now. What's Spirit Halloween? You've never heard of Spirit? That's like the the new like chain. Oh, Halloween it's the thing store. they put on City Field when they're out of the playoffs, and now the Yankees. Now the Yankees are done too. Thank, thank you very much. It's that they put outside. That's that's the sign they put. Okay, Spirit Halloween. Got it. I'll probably wear a gold, my gold blazer, which is similar to what I would wear on like a, a Tuesday afternoon. Um, <laughs> so I'll. Uh, it'll look fire. It'll look good, but it'll be free of charge from the closet well enjoy coming up next rangers games molly you're headed you're going to dallas and uh phoenix correct correct what do you got planned you have some barbecue dallas barbecue what are you doing yeah um dallas we're, we're there friday night before the game on saturday and yes i do plan on partaking in some good old southern barbecue and then phoenix what are you doing there but you're just gonna lay by a pool is, is the weather still well different? we're le- we're there for less than 24 hours so there won't be much relaxing but i actually do have family uh in arizona too so i'll probably spend some short time with them when i can i will say i will be on asu campus on halloween which is something that a lot of people probably have on their bucket list so that should be pretty cool you won't come back alive you might see gronk there partying this weekend i was joking with vince i was like i was like you and i let's just go out and see if we can mesh in with all the college students and just give it one last hurrah <laughs> you need to well saturday's 2 p.m so what you get a flight after you'll be in arizona by what 11 p.m saturday night maybe oh uh, no i think we're flying day of next day yeah uh, okay so you'll only be there sunday night mm-hmm. yeah okay so you won't get the, well you might get a should a be rager. rowdy oh no, are you kidding come on think about college you you didn't matter if it was sunday night didn't matter if it was monday night uh, so, <laughs> yeah it was tuesday was was like the frat night wednesday penny beer thursday was like ladies night this is hofstra so it was every night party friday is just you know house parties saturdays like mckeeves dizzies you long islanders listening know what i'm talking about well molly will be playing beer pong on sunday night <laughs> at arizona's arizona state that's gonna be fun all right well we'll stop rambling now have a good halloween for molly walker andrew hartz larry brooks i'm the pod father jake brown we'll return next thursday the rangers are back home against the flyers tuesday and the boston bruins come to town next thursday we'll be back before that bruins game thanks everybody for listening to up in the blue seats enjoy your weekend and hopefully the rangers end this losing skit. We'll talk to you next time.